Got some women's basketball, some softball, and some baseball for you in this segment. And again, basketball tonight, pregame 6.30 between the Bulls and the entertaining Tulane Green Wave. Should be a fun one with Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnston on the call. So, yeah, it was not a fun one on Sunday. The Bulls lose to UCF 54-33. And afterwards, the comments we had for you yesterday with Jose Fernandez saying they've got it, start shooting the ball right now. They're not playing like an NCAA tournament team. And, of course, the further comment of we're not going to play in the WNIT if it comes to that. We're past that as a program. He sort of was asked about that by Joey Knight for an article on the Tampa Bay Times website, tampabay.com, on Monday and reiterated it, saying, well, unless he's made to by you know, management, and that's sometimes an institution decision when it comes to postseason tournaments that are not the NCAA. Now, if you're concerned, and after what has been going on, frankly, you should be with the Bulls shooting less than 19% now on three-pointers in conference play. Before we get into the breakdown here, I do have to mention I don't think I did enough on the show yesterday. I know we did on the broadcast if you listen back to the replay, but Shea Leverett, she was outstanding, had 11 rebounds against UCF, but Shea Leverett is not an offensive player. She was an effort player. Her effort is what was required to beat UCF. Unfortunately, she was really the only bull that had it. Now, let's give you an honest outlook of where the Bulls sit in the national picture, and right now, they're still in good shape. It can feel a lot worse, especially if you consider it was a nationally televised embarrassment, really, as far as the point total, 33 points, as good as UCF's defense is. The overall just kind of withering away after UCF established its physical presence there in the midway portion of the third quarter, the Bulls didn't answer. They just didn't. If you remove the hurt of that, the pain of that, first of all, you look around the country, which we're about to do and I do all season long, you have it happen a lot. Notre Dame, that would be the Notre Dame team that was picked as one of the regional hosts in the most recent top 16 bracket reveal, lost by 26 points this weekend at Louisville. Last night, Indiana, which is a candidate for a number one seed and certainly a top two seed, lost by 17 points at Nebraska, scored eight points in the fourth quarter. Recently, Tennessee, which was actually thought of as a number one seed two weeks ago, lost by 25 at Florida. I only bring this up because you're allowed to lose by lopsided margins to good teams, and UCF's a good team. Again, if you remove the hurt factor, it's not the worst thing in the world. What is not good right now is the shooting and the fact that the Bulls have to get it turned around, or they're going to, even if they make the NCAA tournament, not be there very long. They have five games left in the regular season, all against teams outside the top 100. That's Wichita State twice, starting off tomorrow with Cincinnati, a team they should be able to dominate inside, and that they rolled in their first meeting to start off conference play. They also play East Carolina, which is a scary team because they really can hound you defensively, and they just won their last game by 30 over the weekend. That's the last place team in the conference, just winning a game by 30 points. So that's no pushover, and then they finish up the regular season against Houston. So you look at the national picture and why I say the Bulls are an NCAA tournament team right now. If they win all those five games, they have absolutely nothing to worry about. If they were to slip up in one of them, they'd be on the bubble but still in good shape. However, if they lose two regular season games, they're going to have to win the American Athletic Conference Tournament or have all of the other mid-major type tournaments get won by the number one seed. I'll tell you right now, if you're not in a power conference, we know who the five power conferences are. There are definitely going to be five at-large spots for you minimum, perhaps six with an outside chance at seven. So if you're looking at it from the Bulls' perspective, you're thinking in terms of those five at-large spots that don't go to power conference teams because the power conference teams, this makes it easy to analyze, are pretty set. The SEC is going to get nine teams. 
The ACC is going to get seven, maybe eight. Boston College would kind of join this bubble group that we're talking about. The Pac-12, maybe seven, definitely six. And then the Big Ten and the Big 12 are right on six. I had this theory that Nebraska wasn't that impressive, even though it had the computer numbers as the sixth team in the Big Ten. And then Nebraska beat Indiana last night. So, yeah, those are pretty much set. So if all those conferences max out, basically you do the math, and you've still got five at-larges for non-Power 5 teams. I happen to think that Boston College is not going to get that spot, that eighth spot in the ACC, which would open up a sixth at-large for non-Power Conference teams. So here's all you need to know. The Big East is definitely going to get one of those at-larges. Right now, Creighton would be the team behind UConn. Right now, the West Coast Conference is definitely going to get an at-large because BYU and Gonzaga are both in the top 30. Right now, the Bulls are basically in that third spot. If they were to win out, they stay there. If they were to lose a game, then teams like, well, the third-place team in the Big East would nudge ahead of them. The second-place team in the Atlantic 10 would be close to them. And the good news, folks, is there's just not a lot of what I'd call natural at-larges to be had outside of the power conference. By natural at-large, I mean you finish second in your league, you still get an at-large. You don't have to be the number one seed and get knocked off in your conference tournament. Speaking of that, though, that's what we'll get into. That's the territory we'll get into if the Bulls lose a couple games the rest of the way. And that would include regular season slash not winning the conference tournament. Of course, if you win the conference tournament, none of this matters. But if the Bulls were to lose a couple, again, the good news is the leaders of conferences like the Mountain West, others that you think would be teams that if they don't get their conference tournament title, they would still get into the NCAA. Just not the case. There are only actually, I'd say, four to be concerned about if you're the Bulls. So if you lose a couple games, you're basically needing teams like FGCU and the Atlantic Sun, Princeton in the Ivy, Missouri State in the Missouri Valley, and a team like South Dakota in the Summit to go ahead and take care of their conference tournaments. Right now, the Bulls, assuming they went out, would be ahead of teams like Missouri State and South Dakota. Not so sure about FGCU and Princeton. If they were to start to lose, then those teams would sort of jump ahead of the Bulls if they don't win their conference tournaments. You don't want to get to the point where you're needing all the other conference tournaments to go your way. And even looking at things like teams you played, Texas Arlington, maybe if they win the Sun Belt, your resume looks better. They finish 4-1, and one, it'll be a little bit of a sweat. But remember, this year they added four spots to the field, so the Bulls could be in that last four in range, which would be good because they'd make the tournament, but bad because you're having to play an extra game. So there's your outlook. The Bulls are definitely in the field as it stands today. And I'll go ahead and say this, not going to relive the whole thing, but remember when I said during baseball season when the Bulls lost that heartbreaker late in the regular season to Cincinnati, and I tried to, without sounding Pollyanna-ish, explain that it was actually good news because the Bulls dropped down into the sixth spot and they didn't have to worry about playing East Carolina in the conference tournament. Right now, all these projections, if the Bulls had gone on to beat UCF yesterday and win the league, probably going to have them in that 8-9 game. Maybe you needed that extra loss to UCF for two reasons. I think to motivate the team the rest of the way, and to maybe, honestly, knock them down into the 10 spot. If you gave Jose Fernandez anybody with the team their choice, would you rather be a 9 seed and go to a number 1 seed's place for the first rounds, or be a 10 seed and avoid one of the top overall seeds. Yeah, you're taking the 10 seed every time. I know that's not the plan. I know that's not why they played so poorly against UCF, but trying to give you a positive outlook. And as part of that, as we mentioned the conference here, the Bulls, again, are in second place. Tulane is 7-4 and four, along with Temple at 7-4. The Bulls are 7-3. and three. 
and the Bulls, if they finish business, are going to be the solid second team. And that's another thing you don't want to mess around with. You want to finish in second place. And if you make the conference tournament final, you definitely want to beat UCF. But if you get there and lose to the Knights, it's not going to be any different than a team like Creighton getting beat twice by UConn and maybe again in the Big East final, but certainly being the solid second team from a solid mid-major conference. Speaking of the conference, five games over the weekend. Temple, after being held to 40 by the Bulls, puts up 73 in a win at Tulsa, 73-58. And they got a triple-double from Anaya Gordeen. If you didn't see the 10th assist to go along with her 15 boards and 11 rebounds, it was spectacular. Wichita State wins against SMU 58-47. Again, a bottom-of-the-table team taking down a team that's towards the top. Wichita State was losing going into the fourth quarter and held SMU, which was 5-2 and two in the league, to just eight points in it. And the Shockers are a team the Bulls haven't seen yet. They will play them a couple of times. On Sunday's action alongside of ours, mention East Carolina beating Memphis 68-38. The Pirates are 10-14, 3-8, but they can lock you down. And Tulane didn't just show up against the Bulls. They have won now the Green Wave five in a row. And Green Wave are a great example of why the Bulls want to finish preferably 5-0. and Because if they don't, and Tulane is right next to them in the standings, and let's say you play them in the semifinals two versus three and get beat, then yeah, we're a ways away from that happening, but... Definitely Tulane has become a factor. Factor for the softball team. You heard the, of course, record-setting conference strikeout for Georgina Cork yesterday and finishing off Michigan. But she also had another performance last week that was pretty good. Georgina Cork has trouble there. Still makes a play and gets the out to start off the fifth inning. That was not easy against Jefferson. She had the two-run single. And ball is taken for a strike. Full count here, one out, top of the fifth. Right down the heart and called strike three, yeah. Claire Brees, the number nine hitter, was hoping to get on without having to swing the bat, but, oh, it's coming back my way. Come on, Michael Kelly. There's a net there. I wasn't, I don't trust the net. I only trusted it because the ball was on its downward spiral. It's a foul ball, 0-2. Cork looking to pick up maybe strikeout number nine. They're loving what they're seeing from a freshman, but she was overpowered there. Fastball, rise ball actually, and Knight was a little bit late. So the pinch hitter strikes out, make it nine strikeouts for Georgina Corrick. You know, it's good when you just assume that the other team's not going to score. And that's the point that Corrick has gotten us to, and you don't want to take that for granted. That was against Illinois State. You heard the highlights yesterday of the win against Michigan. That cemented her as the first American Athletic Conference Pitcher of the Week, and I'm going to guess it's not the last time. Addison Bernard, by the way, the sophomore from Wichita State, was the Offensive Player of the Week. Three home runs and nine stolen bases as they went 4-1 and one over the weekend. So did Houston, by the way, but Wichita playing a much tougher schedule, more Bulls-like. 2-0, and oh, a zero ERA, the two runs allowed were unearned. 22 strikeouts in 13 innings with no walks. No Bulls on the weekly honor roll I would have nominated Alexis Johns. She does have some help with a solid offense this year as well. UCF, by the way, went 3-1, and one, so those were the four teams out of the seven in the league that finished the weekend above 500. we We'll give you more softball in tomorrow's conference show. And we'll give you a lot more Billy Mole, but here's a little taste. And it didn't take him long to use the food analogies. I love this with the media. Yeah, I kind of compare it to one of my one of my kids at home. You give him a, a mini Snickers and you give him a little taste. Now he wants you know now he wants the king size one. Um, that's kind of that's kind of the feeling. Um, I know as a player in '04 when I was playing and we got to that super, 
that motivated that 05 team, which ended up being the number one seed the following year in Omaha, uh, to get back to that point. So these guys are hungry. There's no questions about that. It's just, you know, we're going to focus on day-to-day. We're not going to worry a whole lot about last year. Uh, we're just going to stick with the process and, and get after it on a daily basis. We'll get more into personnel on tomorrow's program. The season begins on Friday. That's going to do it for Bulls Beat on a Tuesday, though. Horns up. I'm Derek Sharp.